Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet and you get with Caesars Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Super Bowl 58 has been decided. It will be a rematch of the Niners and the Chiefs. Eddie, how are you feeling about it? Are you you pumped about this or are you kind of like, meh? I am excited uh, which is strange because I feel like a lot of people and we've seen you know we have to live on Twitter and we see the social media landscape of sports and everyone just seems like they wanted the Baltimore Ravens to win and they wanted the uh, Detroit Lions to win (laughs) we did not get our wish we're getting a rematch of Super Bowl from a few years back but I've kind of had a like a change of heart and I, I like the 49ers they are I don't have any like real rivalry with them as a Giants fan. I do think there's a lot of likable players on there. Debo's one of my favorite players in the entire league. And I think that what Shanahan's done is awesome. I, I like the Brock Purdy story. CMC is just uh, finally a healthy season. He's awesome. Um, and it goes on and on with how many great players they have. And then the other side of that is the Chiefs. And I that's the one that I think kind of rubs people the wrong way. I am no longer going to poo-poo greatness. I'm not going to run away from greatness. I know we just exited the Tom Brady (laughs) dominant era where we just were used to seeing Tom Brady being in these big games, being in the Super Bowl year in, year out. But looking at Mahomes doing the same exact thing, like it's crazy that we went from one era being dominated now to the next era of it being dominated. And he only has three playoff losses. Two of those were from Brady, one by Joe Burrow. And he's doing it. And instead of me going, I'm bored of this guy. I hate this guy. I can't stand. I'm like, this is awesome. I am now cognizant and watching almost every game of this guy in his prime. He is a superhero. So I'm like leaning into it. I'm like, we got, we have no. a team that was so good all year long. People had them as number one in their power rankings versus the team that people were doubting, but actually it's kind of come around and Mahomes again is just uh, outstanding. So I, I'm not too upset. Like most of uh, NFL you know, fans are. I'm not that upset either. I mean, as you know, we both picked the Chiefs to cover. And I think we said on the pod, we wouldn't be surprised if they won. We kind of think they'd win outright. Like, I don't know how they continue to be dogs. They're dogs for the Super Bowl too, which we're going to talk about in in a minute. And like, and I will tell you, Eddie, I have been breaking this down already all day. Like, because I've been looking at quarterback props and running back props and defenses and offenses and best bets already. People are already asking for bets. I don't see how they're dogs. I'm with you. I don't. Completely. I, I mean, I look at the, their defense is allowing 13.3 points per game in the postseason. 13.3. And in, in the regular season, they were the second best. Only the Ravens were better. I, so, I'm so with you. Like, I don't understand. And so, and the offense, sure, the Niners have been scoring like 29 points per game in the postseason, but they haven't faced the Chiefs. And we know that the Chiefs can beat them. They've done it before. Right. But anyway, back to what you were saying about watching greatness. When you said that, I started thinking, you know, you're right. We are watching greatness with Patrick Mahomes. And then there are little spurts of Lamar, Joe Burrow. Maybe we're going to get Justin Herbert, but it really is Patrick Mahomes. But what this reminds me of is this is going to be so nerdy tennis. Okay. Like remember when Roger Federer was like the guy Yeah. and then Nadal came along and people were like, I don't know. And then it was Nadal and Federer. And actually that rivalry made tennis better. And then Djokovic came along and maybe he's better than the three of them. And you know what the fact is now that Federer and Nadal are kind of done. I mean, Nadal's not officially retired, but Djokovic just lost to the Australian. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, it's kind of a bummer that that era is over. And I'm I'm excited for Alcaraz and Sinner and all the young, you know, Carlos Rude and all these young kids that are coming up. But, and I think Alcaraz could be very, very good. But this era, the big three, like it, it's, it's 
epic to get to live and see that. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now with Mahomes is kind of like Federer. Right. I mean, Tom, Tom, maybe Tom was better. I don't know, but I'm just saying like, I just totally get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I think it would be bad if there wasn't this for the NFL, like you said, I think it helps that there's a hero. Right. It's, um, it's so funny. So that, because I made the analogy that Mahomes is so dominant recently that it's kind of like when it was Tiger Woods versus the field, when he was in his prime and you picked that. And I, it's like, basically, what do you want as an NFL fan? Do you want the one dominant guy and you want to kind of knock him off the mountain? Or do you want, if we remove Patrick Mahomes, the AFC right now just had Lamar, Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Justin yeah. Herbert, like what would you rather have? And I, I think, it, yeah, it would be fun if you didn't have Mahomes, but something about it, like his dominance versus other guys, those other guys are as good as it gets. Those guys are a level talent elite amazing. and he's still beating them. And that's why I think I, I like it. I'm leaning into it now. Yeah. And, and your, your point about Tiger Woods is really well taken because the truth is even after Tiger Woods started to suck, they still kept trying to push Tiger Woods because mm-hmm. they don't have another golf star because you know what? It's really hard to be good at golf consistently. Okay. You're sure. Scotty Scheffler. You're finishing in the top five a lot, but that's like kind of boring. Right. Like who is a star? Rory McIlroy? No. Tiger Woods is a star and people watched golf and people got excited about golf. And I think that you're right. That Patrick Mahomes is like, sure. He won't win every time, but like, you need like the face. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, it was Tom Brady. And like you said, it's not like Peyton Manning and all these others weren't amazing too. But for some reason, having that like almost villain, villain yeah. hero of Tom yeah. Brady made it even better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You're not. Yeah. It's funny. They, be, they become villains because they're so good. Yeah. Um, And this combination, much like Brady and Belichick is what, you know, Mahomes and Andy Reid are together. I mean, Mahomes just lives in the AFC title game. He's basically not just living in Super Bowls. It wasn't for those flip, those slip ups that I mentioned. Uh, actually, one of those losses came in the Super Bowl to to Tom Brady. So Tom I mean, Brady. He, he's basically oh, he's basically always there. He took the torch from TB12. And, you know, the funny thing, too, about this entire season with the Chiefs is we, you know, especially us, because we're on the fantasy side of things. So we have to talk about how lackluster the offense was and Travis Kelsey dipped and Pacheco yeah. wasn't really what he was now earlier in the season. And you know, the Rasheed Rice definitely was not what he was earlier in the season. There was no other help there. And now I'm kind of like thinking like, well, they did get Patrick Mahomes help. Like they did make the Chiefs better because the defense, like you mentioned before, Jen, the defense is dominant right. and Pacheco has really turned it on and become the stable running back they haven't really had. And they tried that with right. drafting CEH in the first round. But M- Pacheco, this late round guy, and they've hit on all the late round picks. He's been awesome. And the defense has been so good. And to me, personally like looking at a guy uh on this all-time trajectory like Mahomes is on you know it's more pressure on him to give him a bunch of weapons and say okay well we gave you the weapons now you know make do with these right. guys but your defense is still going to be bad your defense is going to be bottom of the barrel and now yeah. they kind of reversed it and they're like the defense is awesome and and they could hold opponents to 10 points like they just did with the Baltimore Ravens so part of me thinks like they did give him help he no he no yeah. longer has to make sure he scores 30 plus right. points he could score 17 in a victory in the AFC title game that's fine so I'm gonna now push back on that saying that like Mahomes and the Chiefs did not do right by him uh, I, I think that he has the proper help now because this is a different look of a team and I think it actually is more sustainable for the, the career so maybe plug your ears if you don't want to watch Mahomes in the playoffs anymore but when he's 35 he can still do this because the defense is what it is and they, they finally grasped that. And so I, I give, you know, a hat tip to the uh, the OC there. I mean, the, right. uh, the front office there for really figuring this out. Yeah, the, the weapon they got him was a capable defense or yeah. an elite defense, in, in truth, an, an elite defense. Mm-hmm. He got them, he, that is something he hasn't he had until this year. So it, you're right, it gives him a lot more 
possibility. And, and I'm glad you brought up Isaiah Pacheco because Isaiah Pacheco is who we need to come through for us next week in our fantasy postseason matchup uh, with what well, it's, it's a best ball essentially where we each had each team, each podcast on the network had to pick one player from each team. And basically how it works is we have a three point lead over covered in glory, the other football podcast <laughs> right now. And we both share Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. So that cancels out. Right. But Toby and Brett have Travis Kelsey who suddenly came to life in the playoffs, unfortunately for us. And we have Isaiah Pacheco. And I actually think this is going to be down to the wire. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be either of us coming out. Who's in third place? I don't think it's, whoever's uh, lemon, in third place. Lemon, lemon peppers in third place. Uh, just to get the rundown, we, us team waiver wired, uh, 404 points covering glory. Uh, that's with Toby and Brett, 401 points. So we have a three point lead. And like Jen just mentioned, the only difference is Pacheco versus Kelsey. Lemon pepper parlay, 375. So they're kind of in striking distance, but not really because they have Kansas City defense. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to recover, you know, 40 points essentially and come ahead of us. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, although, Team LPP has to worry about uh, Team Saratiana slash extra points because she's only three points behind Martin and Mark there with 372. And then unfortunately, Dave and uh, and and Kevin Hench in last place with 358 points there. So, yeah, that's because they lost their best fantasy mind. You left them on their I own. Know, I know. Came over I, here with me. Uh, I, look, we, we're, Sorry, we've been a guys. team. To, we've been a team for the last couple yeah. of years. So we're sticking together. Uh, so, yeah, us and covering glory in the 400 point club there. And really, the difference is can Pacheco keep up his scoring streak? in the playoffs, which he has, um, and are the Niners going to finally say, okay, maybe Travis Kelsey's playing well again. Let's try to slow him down. Uh, my prediction with a three-point lead, I think Pacheco does score in the Super Bowl. We'll get into all these props up next week, but right now I'm feeling okay. I'm not feeling great. Feel I'm, feeling okay. Okay. I'm feeling okay. Three-point lead plus a Pacheco touchdown. Just limit Kelsey to like, you know, five catches, 50, 60 yards. I think we're going to survive. I, I, it's going to be tight. Now, since we're talking about Pacheco, and since you guys are probably putting some player props down on Pacheco, I want to just highlight some things about Pacheco for our fantasy podcast for this game. Uh, First of all, his rushing yards prop is set at 68 and a half. Now, during the regular season, he averaged just about 64 yards per game. But in the postseason, he's averaged almost 85 yards per game. And he's had more attempts than any other running back in the postseason, 21 per game. Okay. And remember, we do have three games of data for the Chiefs, which is helpful. It's not just two. We have three games and we know that they're going to use Pacheco. Mm -hmm. So he uh, he's now facing, of course, the Niners. We talked about earlier, like no team has allowed more rushing yards per game in the postseason than the Niners. So uh, it's, it's a good matchup for Pacheco. Now, here's another interesting one. Now, Pacheco hasn't been doing a lot in the receiving game in the postseason. And his receiving prop is all the way up at 17 and a half, even though he hasn't exceeded 14. And in one, he had negative one. But here's why. I was digging into this. Why is this? Because I'm really curious. I want us to win, Eddie. The Niners have allowed 16 running backs to exceed this prop in 19 games. I'm including postseason. 16 running backs have had more than 17 and a half receiving yards. That's a weak spot. 
Big time. That's a I big mean, spot. we saw this just happen in the, in the title game. I mean, Montgomery almost had 100 yards by himself. And uh, Gibbs, well, they kind of steered away from Gibbs running. I know uh, he was out carried again by by Monty, which is kind of par for the course for them. They're definitely beatable on the ground, especially those outside runs like they always talk about, which is everyone was saying leading up to this game. And that first half, they were spanking them. Uh, then, it, you know, kind of flipped in the second half. So I definitely think the Chiefs team, again, why I'm probably being a lame person who – Right before the playoffs, I'm like, it's going to be Niners Chiefs, but I'm going to take the Niners. And now I'm kind of flipping for that reason, because we have not seen the Niners play a complete game. We have seen the Chiefs take, I mean, the AFC's best, Josh Allen and the MVP and Lamar Jackson, and they beat them. It's just, again, goes back to your original point right in the beginning of this podcast. If you're getting the Chiefs and you're getting Patrick Mahomes and you're getting points, you have to take it. I'm sorry. And it was like, it's fluctuating. It opened at three. It opened at three. Congratulations to any of you who took Patrick Mahomes plus three. Nuts. Um, it's fluctuating between one and a half and two right now. I just don't see how you don't take it. I, I don't see how you don't take it. There is no, look, I guess Brock Purdy could have a great game, but we can break that down a little bit too. Actually Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes passing touchdown props are identical. They both pay minus 140 for over one and a half passing touchdowns. And plus one ten for under one and a half passing touchdowns, and that's fishy to me. Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. That doesn't make any sense. It's weird. I, I kind of actually am thinking of the under for both of them for that payout for plus money. I mean, I don't know if I would do it for Mahomes necessarily, but Purdy hasn't thrown more than touchdown in either postseason game, and he has to compete with Christian McCaffrey. I, I mean, if it was league, if betting on Caesars was legal right now on my phone, I'd be on there right now on the app and and taking the Purdy under, especially that it's, defense holding the MVP to what he right. did. I, I know. I, I I'm sorry, Brock Purdy. Look, I mean, and, and I'm not a Brock Purdy hater, but that's just uh, getting plus money on that is oh my god. Yeah, so I I expect that to move because when I was looking into this, I was like, how is this possible? That was it. Uh, I'm not sure where I found it. I found it at DraftKings and Caesars. So it's not just one book. Hmm. It's not just one book. Yeah. Um, Hop on that right now. Uh, pause yeah. the podcast, bet that, and, and then resume because that's that's what you got to take. And that's yeah. the thing too. Like we saw, like we, I, I think you could see like a, a Debo jet sweep go, obviously CMC. I, I, I think there's a lot of other ways that they're going to score and yes, there are exactly. other ways they could score. Not they necessarily will, because again, could. going back to what I said, this, point. this defense is legitimate. It's not the Kansas City defense of a couple of years back. This is a very good, way different defense. Yeah. And, and the chiefs allowed an average of just over one passing touchdown during the regular season. They allowed 19 passing touchdowns in 17 regular season games. And in the postseason, they've allowed one. So I understand Purdy had 31 passing touchdowns, but this is the Super Bowl. Speaking of this being the Super Bowl, let's talk about the total. 47 and a half, over or under? I I just think because of the defense, I'm going to go under. Me too. And I, I feel like that's too high. Like, again, I don't know if I'm like, am I crazy? But neither of these defenses allow more than 18 points per game mm-hmm. from there. But I, I don't, I don't get it. And the chiefs are like, they're like you said, they're winning, but they're winning with like 24 points, 21 points. Like it's that's, not like. Yeah. That's what I think. I, I think it's going to be a low score. It. It's, it's going to be in the low twenties. I think uh, for both teams, it'll be close. Um, I'll be, I think it'll be in the low twenties. It'll go under. I it, it's, you know, people, uh, I mean, honestly, in every playoff game, it's kind of goes like this, especially the Super Bowl, just because you have the extra week of preparation, all like the the mental kind of games that are going on because you have so much time before this before this big game and you have hundreds, you know, I mean, having millions of people watching you play tight. 
like they're not playing loose. This is not a Sunday one o'clock game. That's not nationally televised in September. This is the biggest game of games. And you're now like, so it's a lot more conservative early on. I think we'll see a lot of like longer drives that may result in field goals or even no points and just punts. So I, I think because of that, the scoring will start to come maybe around halftime, right after halftime. Uh, but again, it'll be limited just because these defenses do play well. And then another thing too, is like we talked about how, um, you know, Jared Goff is great in the middle of the field, throwing the football, but the Niners were, great at defending that in the middle of the field. They're one of the best teams in the league at defending that. Well, Travis Kelsey plays tight end. That's kind of his bread and butter. So the one X factor for the Chiefs that's been playing really well as of late, we'll see what the Niners could do to stop him. So um, I just think it's, yeah, it's going to be, I, I see both teams going under like the 24 point mark. Let me ask you this. It's even money for Patrick Mahomes not to throw an interception. Do you think he throws one or not? Let me give you a few stats. First off, first off, everybody knows Mahomes had a career high 14 interceptions this year. That part isn't good. But he hasn't thrown an interception in the postseason this year. In fact, he hasn't thrown a postseason interception since the AFC title game versus the Bengals. That's how long it's been in the postseason since he's done it. And I'm, I'm, I'm get, I was getting weird today, Eddie. I was really digging because I am like on this. I love it. So here's the issue. San Francisco had 22 regular season interceptions. That was tied with the Bears for the most. So it is, it is a tough defense. But it's like it's even money for him not to throw a pick. I I think the, the scenario we could see him is like, all right, it's like two seconds left. They have the ball in the 50-yard line, right. and, and then they just chuck a Hail Mary before halftime. That's like the one right. scenario I could see a, uh, an interception happening. The Niners are prone. To, I feel like they every game I watch them play, they get like at least an interception, if not two. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think Mahomes, though, will have like that back-breaking, gut-wrenching pick that like Purdy has been doing these last few games. I don't see Mahomes doing that. This is where his, his ice water in his veins, his heart rate drops. Like he is used to this. Whereas I don't, I don't think Purdy's not to the task. I'm just saying that he has the knack for doing the interception where you're like, oh gosh, I can't believe he just did that. Whereas Mahomes doesn't do that. There were some throws that Purdy made in the game on Sunday. I was like, what are you doing in the uh, first half? And then obviously he got ice in his veins in the second half and he mm -hmm. turned it back on and good for him. But um, mm, mm. I was watching it like, wow. I, I will say you probably, you should probably hope that your quarterback at least has the ice water in his veins in the second half of games in the first, yes, because you don't, you, don't want, you don't want him to be like the golf. Don't be like Dak. Yeah. Or Dak. Yeah. You want him to, <laughs> to finish strongly. Um, but he definitely made a couple plays that you were like, what is he like that one, that one throw he made, which was a completion, I think actually for a first down where he rolled out to his left through to his right, um, his back over, leg. over the back on his back leg over oh the top of the linebacker. Ah! And it's like, Brock, man, what are you doing? Like he does a lot of things. Well, like if you watch him, like he moves in the pocket. Well, he reads, goes through progressions very well. Like he's a quick interpreter of what's on the field. Like he has a great mind for the game, but his physical tools aren't there. That's just why he was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft. And uh, I mean, he gets away with a lot of stuff because of the guy, the guys he's throwing to are just so talented making those plays. I believe it was uh, John Jennings that, that, that caught that ball. Like yeah, one that, hand. Yes. Uh, unbelievable amazing. throw, but like, it's like you see Brock doing that. And you're like, man, do not do this in a game where you're losing. That Brandon Ayuk catch mm -hmm. off the helmet. Uh, I mean, like, I will give the Niners as they have weapons. They have way more weapons than Patrick Mahomes. Like, sure. offensively, they are stacked. Yeah. I just think that when it comes down to it, Andy Reid is the 
better coach too. I mean, it's, it's very slight. They're both excellent coaches, but you're giving, I can't, I can't, how are you giving me two points for pet? I'm just, I'm like slamming my you're, fist. You're so right. And Jen, back to your, your point to Andy Reid, like Andy Reid now has done so much. Like, you know, we were talking <laughs> about like how Brady has like two careers. Like, oh, he had the career, the first half of his uh, career with the, with the Patriots where you right. know, the defense kind of carried Then he had the second half where he was dominant. It's like Andy Reid, like we're, he's done so much with the <laughs> Chiefs. We're forgetting he made a bunch of uh, national uh, uh, NFC title games and reached Super Bowl with the Eagles. Eagles. Like he was, he was in the, the conference yeah title game so many times with the, those McNabb teams and now he's done so much with the Chiefs it's like oh yeah he was the Eagles coach like I mean the guy is unbelievable he's unbelievable okay maybe he should stop with the State Farm commercials but that's okay Andy I'll give you <laughs> yeah give you so I'll give you a pass on that one I uh, you know I I think the game is gonna is gonna be entertaining and I'm not saying necessarily I'm not saying the Niners can't win and I understand in theory why they're favored I'm just saying this was the same thing that happened last year in the Super Bowl when people were taking the Eagles I just said I I don't care that he's injured he's Patrick Mahomes and I'm not you know sometimes we're gonna miss but if you're giving giving me points for the reigning MVP and reigning Super Bowl MVP, I, I have to take them. So yeah. you already know what my pick is going to be. We, yeah. we we did uh, we went one and one in our picks. We were the only two that had the same picks, and I thought we were going to be the only two that went two and zero. Oh. What stung too is like the like the Chiefs, uh, the Niners went ahead uh, by more yeah. than seven, and then they got that. I thought that they were going to cover. And I thought they were going to cover too and go two and zero. Oh. Um, after I mean, what an all time comeback. Um, I believe they were the first team to do that down a certain amount of points. And it's just, or at least in their history. Um, so yeah, I'm unbelievable. They are an all time collapse by the, the lions. I don't know when you want to get into the lions and other kind of old news now, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm not even going to blame Dan Campbell for the decisions because the way I look at it, that game is, and yes, obviously not as play well when you have a lead that big, when you have a three score lead, the game shouldn't be about your four ten decision. It should be why did you give up three scores and then you scored nothing. That's my issue with the the Dan Campbell thing. But some positive news today: they got Ben Johnson back. I don't want to pour salt in the wound. I'm sure Detroit right now is just uh, an all time low. I think I'm glad that they got Ben Johnson back. I think they need to keep the band together. Uh, the same way I hope yes. that Bobby Slowick stays in uh, Houston. The same way that I was happy that Dan Quinn stayed in Dallas. Sometimes, like when you get really close. The best thing to do is stay and win, like keep it together. I hate when they jump and they take coaching jobs and then it ends up not working out for everybody. I feel like everybody loses. But anyway, uh, I guess we're still waiting to find out who gets the commander's job unless news is broken. Did I miss anything? No, I mean, it looks like uh, we thought it was going to be Ben Johnson. We thought that's what. Ben Johnson bowed out. Was. He bowed out of the Washington and the Seattle job. They said, I believe the, the, believe the, the price, uh, his asking price was too high. Um, I think when, you know, uh, yeah, I think that I like the fact that there's some pride that he wants to say that he wants to win there. I think it shows you how much that, you know, they changed his organization. They changed like the landscape of the city almost and how people feel about the team, which is great. Uh, the other thing too, is like the nature of the business in the NFL. It's like, you're going into these positions. And I do think, I mean, and you could disagree with me on this, but I think the, the commander's job is probably even though, like it's probably more attractive than the Seahawks job just because you kind of have your pick of what you want to do with the future of your franchise in terms of getting the, the new quarterback. Um, whereas, you know, if you go to Seattle and you have, you're stuck there with Geno Smith and, you know, not that Geno's bad, but you're in the middle of the road kind of, and you have the Niners in your division. So I, I think that him backing out, he's like, he knows that the cl- the minute you check that, uh, that job, you have three years, pretty much if you're lucky, three years, three seasons 
to really get things right, get things back on track. And if not, you're out of there. And then he, in his head, he's thinking like, if I stay in Detroit for another year or two, another job may pop up that I actually want more. We may win a ring. So I, I hope, like you were saying, I hope that more, you know, OCs, more DCs opt to do this instead of just jumping for the, that first available job. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be interesting to see who ends up with the commanders and the Seahawks jobs. There certainly are a glut of options. I mean, Mike Vrabel still doesn't have a job. Bill Belichick doesn't have a job, assuming he wants one. I mean, there's there's so many options. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code listen up omaha full the word omaha and the word full and then you place your first bet up to 1250 dollars. if you win great if you keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and over only offer valid and must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana massachusetts maryland michigan new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming new users and first ten dollar plus wager only must register with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet 1250 dollars. bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a lot of news, actually. Um, ben Johnson, as you said, staying as OC of the Lions. The Steelers hire Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator. Have uh, we checked in with Damashek? 
I mean, I think he's probably happy in the sense that um, you have a guy that likes to run the football and the Steelers, you know, bread and butter is running the football, especially with their kind of conundrum at quarterback going forward. The problem is, is he going to use the right running back? He may, he has Jalen Warren and Najee. He may like find a third guy and be like, I'm going to use him instead. Cause we kind of saw that happen this year with, uh, with the Falcons. Yeah. And, and it's, it'll be interesting. I think that it might not be as bad as it seems like sometimes being an offensive coordinator is very different than being the head coach. And so maybe he'll be better, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to deciding like, can I draft any Steelers receivers probably going to avoid him and which running back do I draft? It was hard enough this year to figure out whether it was Najee or Warren. Yeah. And you know, it's it's knows. just it, what's crazy about it is because like when he was the OC of the Titans, it was just like Derrick Henry all day. It was so easy to use like, yeah. Derrick Henry in fantasy and he was just dominating the league. And then when you, he goes to the, the Falcons as head coach, even though he you know got Tyler Algier to a thousand yards, you drafted Bijan because he could do everything. And then he was not utilized. So why why did his philosophy change? Like he knew how to use the more talented running back and in, in when he was in Nashville, but he goes to Atlanta and then this is what happened. So again, uh, I mean, Warren I and will Najee not both tolerate had... this Cordero Patterson uh, slander, Eddie. Well, I everyone he, he, knows he's the most talented he running back. You're right. Receiver, kick return, he could do it all. That's actually right. You're right. You're right there. Um, but yeah, I, I just think you know the Steelers do need a stable ground game because of the, the yeah. because you have you're rotating between the guy you draft in the first round or Mason Rudolph who played pretty well for you the last couple of games. So uh, I I think if he goes back to his old roots where he just picks a guy and uses him. Although that being said, they both different points of the season. Najee and Jalen Warren both were the, you know they That's both right. kind of figured out how to balance each other out. And they both were pretty effective. So uh, I do think it's a good place for Arthur Smith to go. Um, but unfortunately, that, that quarterback question mark is just really going to hurt that team. Um, Jim Harbaugh is going to be with the Chargers. How do you feel about this? I mean, I'm, I'm. Uh, my first question to you: He mm-hmm. said he was starstruck by meeting Justin Herbert. Do you think who was more starstruck? Was it Herbert meeting this like wacky head coach? And I, I, I'm a Harbaugh fan. This wacky kind of crazy guy that's so many like weird stories about him and like how he you know met his wife and like he refused to eat chicken for years because it was like a scared bird. All this. Crazy stuff. And then he goes and says he was starstruck. He was starstruck meeting Justin Herbert. I'm like, I don't think that's uh, that's such a weird thing to say for a grown man, for a, a quarterback who's really like 30, 30 years younger. It is totally weird. But I have to tell you, Jim, I know what you're talking about because I had field passes for the Chiefs Chargers game. And I was walking on the field before the game. And Justin Herbert was out there doing his like, you know, leg lifts. He was like, you know, mm-hmm. he was like Zen at this thing. And I was totally starstruck, but Jim, it's a little different coming from me. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just, you're I his head coach. Maybe you should revisit this with your wife. You're, the, you're his head coach. You're his, his yeah, leader. You can't say you're yeah. starstruck by the court. Now the quarterback owns the locker room, not you. Um, but I, I do think, unfortunately, this goes back to what we we're talking about at the beginning. You're in a conference with Patrick Mahomes, and then not even just Patrick Mahomes. You're in a conference with oh. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. So yes, Justin ah, Herbert's awesome, yes, but every every player, every player on that roster, I feel like outside of Herbert is like their contract is up. Like Eckler's going to be gone. Yes. They have to figure out how to keep Keenan Allen because he had a monster season, even with all the quarterback struggles. Um, you know, Mike Williams never really pan out to where they wanted to be, and then you know, Bose is always injured, and uh, I I feel like you know. Um, uh, on the defensive end, they're like decide they're always banged up guys missing time. So it it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle for him for the foreseeable future because you're in a division that I think 
you could almost make the case that like they may be fighting, depending on what Denver does at quarterback, which is a huge question mark, they may be the worst team, which is crazy. Maybe. Because if they lose these guys. Theory building year. If they lose like Derwin James and and Bo, so they, they can't figure out how to keep Keenan Allen, just, I'm just saying, like, if they hit a home run at quarterback in Denver and, it, and the, the Raiders seem to be fired up playing for Antonio Pierce, and I, I think they'd certainly have their ups and downs, but I see like those three teams, like all around that, like, seven to nine win range potentially. So like Chargers I, are going to be better than the Raiders. I'm glad that they hired Antonio Pierce, but that is going to wear off. I think that was a temporary thing. They were excited, whatever. That is not a long-term situation. Their defense will be better, but that what they're going to win with Aiden O'Connell. Oh, no. I mean, no, they're, they're not, but no, I, I, yeah. no, 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 no. A Jim Hart. I think. Yeah. I would, I would love to see Russ go to Vegas and throw to Devontae Adams. Adams. Yeah, I would too, actually. Yeah. I would actually dig that. I think that would be fun. Um, the Eagles hired Kellen Moore as OC. And uh, obviously, we know that uh, Kellen Moore is familiar with the NFC East. So that's very interesting. Obviously, Jim wants his own people. So Kellen will be in. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how Kellen Moore and Nick Sirianni get along. Yeah. And also what Kellen Moore is going to do for Jalen Hurts. I'm not so sure that that's really... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that's going to help Jalen Hurts, to be honest. I think we, you know, outside of maybe local Philadelphia outlets, I don't think at, like nationally because of obviously this happened, you know, with, the, with, you know, other stories in the playoffs kind of overtake it. But I don't think we kind of realized how interesting and how bad things got so quickly. Like you hired Sirianni. He's this hotshot coach. Oh, yeah. Everyone loved him. The team was awesome last year. All, even all season long, the tush push is great. Can't beat it. And I know the team wasn't, people thought they weren't going to be as good as last year. That team could have easily won the Super Bowl. And then you were a couple plays away and maybe one less fumble away from winning the Super Bowl. Um, and the coach was like legitimately on the hot seat and had to convince Jeffrey Lurie to keep him. And they fired their DC midseason. You bring Kellen Moore too. Like, uh, it's it's I think the the vibes the team morale is not good right now in Philadelphia and like they may lose Kelsey and a bunch of other guys I still am a Jalen Hurts fan uh, I especially in fantasy I think he's gonna always do his thing um, but I it's it's I guess now more of a project than it is like it should have been a sure thing like yeah they should dominate the division for a while but now like you know we're recording this January 30th like I want to pick Dallas to win the division so yeah well fantasy wise I think this is good for AJ Brown people who have AJ Brown mm-hmm people who have Devonta Smith and even some Dallas Goddard, like, you know, mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is a more pass happy offense. Uh, you know, lots of three wide receiver sets. At least that's what he did in Dallas. And we didn't get to see, I mean, like it was tough in Los Angeles. I don't think we really saw uh, him at his peak. Like he was in Dallas, no. but uh, this should help with the passing game for Jalen Hurts. But, you know, as far as fantasy is concerned, like it's really those rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns specifically that made Jalen Hurts valuable for fantasy. So it'll be interesting to see if that translates. And I do think that Shane Steichen was a much bigger part of that success than probably Nick Sirianni. And because we look, look how good the Colts were with Gardner Minshew. I know. I, I know. I mean, the guy uh, and, and Richardson, when he was healthy, showed some spurts of a guy that could be great. And I was kind of down. Yes, so I thought he was more of a project, exciting. but Next they year. they play. And then the whole, you know, the whole uh, saga with Jonathan Taylor, bringing him back or not. And they found ways. Zach and, Moss to be a superstar. Hello, I, Zach Moss. 
I, I think it's crazy. Steve. I cannot believe I'm saying this this year, but if you had a pick between the Colts and the Eagles, I know two different situations, but based on the OCs and you know the oh. trajectory, it's like probably want to root for the Colts. Colts. Yeah, I would. I would. I would take the Colts. Yeah, I think they're just better. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it either or agreeing with you. Um, I want you to comment um, on the Daniel Jones news. The Daniel's going to be the starter. Do you feel it? I think when Joe Shane says this, because obviously the, the senior bowl's happening, they're all down there in Orlando and uh, and checking out the whole uh, situation there. I think he it was pretty like GM speak, but I think he kind of gave a little nugget to what they're going to do to to fans. And I what I mean by that is like when he says that, you know, Daniel Jones is the starter when healthy, but we're going to evaluate um, every single position for the draft. So I think what that means is like, you know, what the Packers did with Jordan Love when they had Aaron Rodgers there. They You take the guy for the future, but you're not looking to start him right away. The other big question mark is, and, and you know, uh, I think now we're in this the age of like guys kind of rushing back from injury uh, a la Aaron Rodgers. And I know that, you know, Jones got injured kind of midseason. It used to be like, hey, if you got injured midseason, with an ACL or anything major like that, you weren't coming back until basically that point the following year. Um, some reports have said Daniel Jones will be ready for the start of the regular season, but we'll see. You never know with the, the whole recovery process. But I, I do think the one thing that kind of hurts the Giants in terms of drafting a quarterback at six is like, I assume that the first three picks will be, will be, uh, in some order will be Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. I don't think there's another guy you could probably take at six. And I think there'll be some very good receivers there at six, whether that is Marvin Harrison or Adunze from Washington or, or neighbors from LSU. And the Giants need both those positions. So I wouldn't be opposed to getting uh, a receiver, especially one of those guys, because I think they're going to be awesome. But um, there's a chance the Giants could package deal move up. And I think the wild part of this draft is what does Justin Fields do? Because it seems like some buzz that he is worth a first. So if one of those teams take him or if the Bears shock everyone and decide to keep Justin Fields, that will shake up some stuff. So there is a chance um, for the Giants to potentially get one of those quarterbacks. But anyway, the way to answer my long-winded way of answering is I do think the Giants will be in the market for a quarterback to draft. Uh, the contract is not as bad as people think, and they kind of made it easier on the cap. It'll be like the middle-of-the-road contract by next season anyway. So um, and I, I think that... I think also Jones will probably miss some time. Uh, I don't think he'll be fully held right. in the beginning of the season. So I think there is, they don't want to get in a situation again where Tyrod Taylor gets hurt and then you're playing Tommy DeVito. They want to have a, an, right. an answer at quarterback. So I do think Joe Shane was saying it in a very, um, you know, uh, not, not so blatant way that the giants are looking at a quarterback, but they're not kicking Daniel Jones out of the room just yet. Right. And, and as we said, I believe on the podcast last week, it just seems like the Packers are onto something by drafting that quarterback of the future mm -hmm. and allowing that quarterback to apprentice. Mm -hmm. And at the time we were like, why didn't you get a receiver for Aaron Rodgers? But then Aaron Rodgers still went on and won an MVP after that. <laughs> and in the meantime, Jordan Love comes out and looks like a superstar in his first season, getting his team all the way to the playoffs. I mean, one missed field so, goal away from them potentially being in the title game. And then who knows? Exactly. How that yeah. Exactly. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. We have to talk about our NFC team, Eddie. We forgot to update everybody. We're actually doing okay, and it doesn't seem like we're going to finish in the money. Uh, we're probably too far out, but we're still out of, uh, we're in the top 10%, mm -hmm. right? Yes, we, we are. Last I checked, we were uh, out of almost 3,000 teams. I think 2776 total. We are 230th, but a yeah. thousand, thousand points, a uh, thousand point 
30 to be exact. The leader of the uh, the whole tournament has a 1113.8. So when you look at like the points, we're not that far behind. And honestly, like um, we are, if we scored a couple extra points, we, we may finish closer to the top because I was looking at other rosters and I was looking at other point, like a lot of them are like fractions right. away from each other. So yes. we're like right there. Um, but another, you know, good effort. And this one obviously is a lot different than our EP league with the multipliers, but, uh, I am, I'm not upset. Um, uh, we, you know, we have a chance potentially to maybe go crazy. We'll see, but, um, you know, yeah. so, so only a uh, hundred points essentially away from so the leaders. Not, not so bad. Here's our multipliers. We do, we do get to make some replacements. I went ahead and made them cause I don't think we even have to discuss. Obviously at quarterback, we're putting Patrick Mahomes in We right. lost Lamar. I mean, yeah. like there's really nothing to talk about. Sure. The only other one uh, we could discuss is, would you rather play Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? I'm glad you brought this up because I was an idiot last week. Um, and I, and I'll be honest with my player pops going wrong. And, uh, I did have a bunch of targets too. It could have cleared the five and a half, but Debo played, obviously everyone watched the game and he had like eight or nine catches. So I thought like he wasn't going to play. And if he was, he might've been a decoy. He might've left the game early. He played too, great. And IU did have the big catch, did have a touchdown, um, but only had, I believe, three receptions. So he fell two and a half short uh, of the uh, the prop there. So, but you know uh, what? He could have had the six catches if Brock Purdy were on his game. Oh, Purdy sure. targeted him a few times, oh, and it was really crappy. I was he getting did. angry because I yes. also had that prop. Yeah. So it just depends. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think like, obviously the, the, it's the zig whenever all zags. I think most people now seeing how Debo had a great game, he's probably the guy that most will lock into, but Ayuk is the one if you take and he has right. the bigger game. So um, I'm a, I, I'm a huge Ayuk fan. Um, I think that he would be a number one on a bunch of other teams, but you have Debo Samuel who like it, Right now, Debo Samuel, like maybe my favorite player in the NFL, just because of how much he does and how tough he is. And the guy like takes a quick slant, bounces off a linebacker. And like he's just a beast. So, but, and, and I guess he's healthy. So I'm okay with either. But if we want to go the Z, like, you know, like I said, like we, we pivot whenever else takes Debo because he had a monster game. I'm okay with going Ayuk because he clearly had, a, could have had a lot more catches last week and yeah. he did have the touchdown. So yeah, it's really hard for me because I mean, we can also, Debo also may 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 run the ball too, potentially in some tricky plays. That's why I I was thinking they may have to get creative and tricky versus the Chiefs because I don't. It's not that easy. I don't think the matchup is very good for Ayuk. No, Uh, their cornerbacks. I mean McDuffie. I mean mean, he's and look, Debo has the ability. I think Ayuk does too. They have the ability to beat those guys, but those cornerbacks have been awesome all year long. So anyway, we can debate it later this week. I Mm. slotted in Debo because I thought he had a better chance to score because he also runs. Yes, I'm fine with that. But I'm with you that that in order to win a contest like this, I mean, literally, we might need to get really weird and make it Kittle. Seriously. Something like. Yeah. And he was going to be found, uh, you know, last game, too. So it's it's possible. MIA. Um, I'm okay with leaving Debo there because he is just so versatile and he could do so much. Um, I also, and he's only going to get healthier too, as you know, he has an extra week to rest there. Um, but if we want to go the, the, the wacky route to kind of give ourselves a better chance, depending on how many people, unless maybe this whole entire uh, tournament is full of people who think like us and they all went the Ayuk route to not take Debo. So uh, we should do some investigation. Now I I do feel like we have to address um, because we have, we have promoted on this, podcast many times the nfc contests and the mm-hmm. nfc postseason contests and i'm sure everybody saw this week about the scandal at nfc and the cheating scandal and uh, it is really unfortunate i actually happen to know the employee that was let go um never got a bad vibe from him uh i know tom and greg 
They are great guys. I know they're going to do their best to get to the bottom of this. They've hired a third party to do the investigation, to find out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, obviously, some people are cheated out of money because mm-hmm. of this. Um, if, if you don't know the story, basically, an employee at uh, NFC that had been there a very long time was colluding with somebody who turned out to be his cousin and made a few post uh lineup lock switches after the game had started. And it was especially stupid because they're all time stamped. So actually like somebody, another competitor realized it because they were looking like how we look to see like who they're with and noticed a change and then saw the timestamp. So anyway, it turns out it's gone back. It's happened a few times over the years. So Eddie, the point of this is we won third place in that competition. It may turn out after the audit that we won second place. I don't know. I don't know if he was in that competition, but there were multiple competitions and he did play in the minis. Wow. I never even thought of that. Um, that would yeah. be something else. Uh, I hope yeah. this tournament is it's clean possible. going forward. It's clean, but yeah. I know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm good for the people for taking action. There's still, like I said, 3000 people playing in this one. So I'm sure things will get yeah. worked out. And, but, and, uh, yeah. and I just want to say again, for anybody listening, Greg and Tom are like two of the best guys. They were completely shocked, stunned. Um, this is something really, really crazy. And they're going to do everything right. They're going to refund money to people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it does not affect us this year. We're number 230. And, and we did place a few years ago. So I know we really won that. I know we really earned that. But now I do wonder if we earned even one step higher. My fingers are kind of crossed. They're going to uncover that. Uh, We can get a bonus check. That would be kind of fun. Anyway, um, guys, next week, we're going to have a packed episode. Uh, We will not be at the Super Bowl this year as we were last year, but we're going to treat it the same way. And we're going to give you winning props. Specifically, we're going to talk about the national anthem prop. I am already having trouble deciding which way I want to go. The line is moving. It is Reba McIntyre that will be singing the national anthem. Eddie and I have been already discussing a little bit. Uh, I have tried singing it the whole thing. We'll, we'll go back to that next week. We'll do that. We'll do some novelty props. And then we'll do the good old hard money props. From today's episode, the ones I like the best are Brock Purdy, one and under one and a half passing touchdowns, Isaiah Pacheco, over 68 and a half rushing yards, Patrick Mahomes, plus two, plus three, whatever you can get it at, get the most points you can, because why not? And the under. Those are the four that we talked about today that I feel the strongest about. It's still really early. Things can change, but there's some value. I think if you lock it in now, I actually have seen Pacheco's prop inching up. So grab it. I am already counting down the minutes to next week to discussing Reba McIntyre at length in this. Um, you're, you tweeted, uh, please follow us on Twitter and file extra points, but uh, we tweeted out and I retweeted from the accounts that um, our, our text thread already about this uh, anthem and the props next week. And some really um, interesting, like I, I believe it was our, our friend Tom who, uh, who, it tweeted at us about like the uh, the president's Marine Corps band sets the standard at 75 seconds and uh, the St. Louis uh, baseball uh, and uh, Bush Stadium like the it's 82 seconds. So those are I believe are, right now would be severe, like way under um, where yeah, they're yeah. so 1980 uh, Olympic hockey medal ceremony. So it's funny that people are also Internet, but obviously outside of the the fun props, which will do all the other player props uh, as well for the, um, you know, obviously the the big 
biggest game of the year. So looking forward to that as always should be a fun one. And uh, if you want a little taste of what we talked about last uh, year in Arizona, it is on our YouTube extra points, YouTube yes. and somewhere on our Twitter. And, and Jen, you put it in your, your SI article as well too. There's a, there's yes. a hyperlink there. So go watch it, refresh yourselves. Yes. Cause uh, it was a great. We took the plus money bet on the under and it was, everybody was so sure it was going to mm -hmm. go over. And I was like, oh, think so i have the intelligence as a singer to say i think no so so far i believe we're three for three on national mm -hmm. anthem that means we're probably due to lose one <laughs> we're well, gonna try not that's to that's why now uh if, if you know anyone that has access to the stadium and if there's gonna yeah. be a, back, a backing band Day please before. let us know yeah if you can find out if there's a backup track or a backup <laughs> choir that will help us uh, we need to know please, those things can happen sometimes and throw everything off all right, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week. We're going to have lots of player props for you, as we said. And don't forget to subscribe to every podcast on the network, Lemon Pepper Parlay, Extra Points, Trendy, Covered in Glory, all of which are going down this weekend <laughs> in the, or I guess next weekend, a week from now, in our fantasy football playoff. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.